0: There's angle, Here's Steve McRae
1: circle, fires, he scores! scores! Five-minute goal, oh, he's leveled by Andrew Shaw with a thunderous track. Here's a loose bucket from the
2: score! It's five, shoot, scores! The cat connects with a one-timer, timer,
1: timer. It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Kemp kicks it to a second front, came over to side. put it to Maliki, shoots, scores! His first black hot goal, Dominic Kumalik. Mana there fires. Trapman from Shelby. Score! Chris Bowden and Scott King break down the latest storylines surrounding your favorite Chicago hockey team. Welcome back to the Windy City, Andrew Shaw. Now, here they are Chris Bowden and Scott King. <laughs> Even though it's Monday, this is a late night with Scott and Chris edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList as we... Come to you from the United Center following the Blackhawks Sunday night 5 3 loss to the Washington Capitals to end their three game point streak. Again, the Blackhawks Crazy podcast is sponsored by Fanlist. Fanlist is the best platform for season ticket holders to sell their tickets. Are you a Blackhawks season ticket holder who sells multiple games? Get over to fanlist.com slash Blackhawks Crazy. That's spelled Fanlist, F A N L Y S T.com. Fanlist partners with multiple ticket marketplaces and lists tickets for sale across all markets marketplaces all at once. Sites like StubHub, Vivid Seats, SeatGeek, GameTime, and many more. And they do all the work. Multiple marketplaces will increase your ticket exposure, causing tickets to sell faster and for higher prices. Plus, FanList is free to use. Registration and listing tickets are free. When tickets sell, FanList charges the industry standard 15% of the final sale price. It's the same rate that all those major marketplaces charge. There are no hidden costs or added fees to use FanList. It's the best way for you as a season ticket holder to sell your tickets. Go to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy to receive a $20 bonus on your first sale. F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com slash BlackhawksCrazy. We thank them for being our presenting sponsor. Obviously, the big story of the night without getting into the fact that they didn't keep their point streak going, was the NHL debut of Kirby Dock. And uh, we've been waiting for a while for this. We knew the Blackhawks wanted to do it, Scott, to see what he can do in NHL action. And judging by what we heard from some of his teammates afterwards, and from head coach Jeremy Colleton, and, and you know Troy said the same thing during our postgame show on WGN Radio as well, did not look at all out of place. Small sample size so far, but in terms of a day where If it were me, I'd have butterflies popping out of my stomach, ears, nose, mouth, and everything else. He looked pretty cool, calm, and collected out there and, and handled himself pretty well. What were some of your impressions?
3: Yeah, I thought he looked really calm out there and handled himself well. I could see him being even more loose next time, next time he gets to play. And I like the way he was kind of thrown into the deep end. Second line with Kanan Strom. You're in the starting lineup on the ice. He got here,
1: had the opening face off of the game.
3: Yeah, take it against Backstrom. And he won. He won it. And, uh, yeah, on the ice for the anthem. And he said it was pretty cool. He had seen some preseason games here, obviously, this year. And it was great to be on the ice for all that. He said it kind of helped with the butterflies, I think. But, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive impressive and and we'll hear from calton but it sounds like he certainly didn't hurt his case for playing again soon
1: yeah i know everyone wants to kind of rush the narrative here to find out okay is, is it going to be nine games and then if it is nine games is going to be 10 games which means he's up here for the long haul i think it's a little early to do that because you know there, there's a body of work he can potentially put together i think at the very least what he did was assure that he's going to be in the lineup on Tuesday night when the Vegas Golden Knights come here, which, you know, w- when you think about who he's going up against in his first couple games of an NHL career, O. V. in the Capitals, and then you have the Vegas Golden Knights who are one of the better teams in the NHL, the Western Conference, if not the NHL as well. So uh, w- what I like about him is it doesn't seem too big for him. He doesn't seem too overwhelmed by it. I think you can probably say the same thing about the two guys picked ahead of him in in, in Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, who have been with their respective teams from the outset. But again, production has been a little bit slow for them. I don't know how high a bar you should necessarily set for an 18-year-old kid. Uh, those two may have greater p- offensive upside or potential, but I, I think it, you just have to kind of let it be organic and let it come along with what you expect to see from Kirby here. And if he continues to hold his own and continue to improve from game to game, you know, uh, I don't see any reason why it, it couldn't extend beyond. The nine-game stint, uh, you know, which is the limit before they'd have to send him back to juniors. But I think it's very possible.
3: I think it's very possible too. Just just from this, the sample size of tonight and seeing how you know we, we heard a lot about right after he was drafted. This is a mature kid who wasn't on social media till this year. He has his priorities straight, which I you know you can't even say that about five-year-olds these days. And um, credit to the fans too. You know, there, there was a lot of excitement when he was announced in the starting lineup. You, you got the sense that people expect this to be a generational guy, which he certainly has the. Uh, the the body type and the and the game and the makings of that, and I think it was uh, kind of early in the in the first period, right? He was uh, strung on a puck in the corner, wound up making a move to that guy. The guy got, came got a nice passer, mm-hmm. a, qual- a quality chance, I think, and that was something that. You know, he only got to play in Traverse City with the injury that maybe was maybe a minor concern. Was is he strong enough on the puck for his size? And he certainly looked that way against one of the top teams tonight.
1: Yeah, the frame is definitely there. There's still more of that six four frame to fill out. But um, yeah, there were there were three moments that he was involved in. It was the opening faceoff that he won against Backstrom. It was that setup up for Kane, and then he got cracked in the mouth uh, in the second in the second period, which resulted in a four minute. Uh, power play for the Blackhawks Which unfortunately went completely the other way In the first 30 seconds of that power play um, That's perhaps a topic we can get around to Special teams here uh, in just a moment But uh, for the here and now Let's let's hear from the 18-year-old rookie After his NHL debut
0: uh, It was good to kind of get out there in My first game obviously it was a dream of mine To be out there But at the same time we lost tonight So uh, it kind of sucks did you expect it, or uh, did it go a different way? Uh, obviously, you want to win in your first game in and kind of help the team that way. But, uh, I mean, I felt good out there, but at the same time, there's things I can clean up in my game to kind of help the team moving forward. What was the biggest challenge? Just the pace of the game. You really don't know what it's going to be like until you step out there with those guys and just how big and strong they are and uh, how heavy they are on their sticks and how they compete for pucks, so. Uh, it was good to get out there, and I, I felt good, but at the same time, there's things in my game I want to clean up. What do you think about the physicality, particularly with the high stake? I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, it's, it happens when you're six years old, way to 40 years old, so I'm not really too worried about the physicality part of the game or stuff like that. I know you mentioned you found out this morning, but did you have any inkling uh, last night to maybe give your parents a call? I mean I, I talked to them a little bit about it and kind of just said be on standby and uh, I mean obviously they're here now and everything was figured out so that was good. How special was that to have them uh, in the building? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean uh, obviously not my, my whole family and some of the people I, I'd like to have here weren't here but uh, it was good to have them here and uh, going to enjoy their company. Are you proving yourself as much as the team that you belong here? Yeah. I think that's kind of my main focus right now is just trying to belong here and, and stand out at the same time for, for good reasons, obviously. But I, I want to be a Blackhawk this year, and uh, that's a goal of mine, and I'm striving for it.
3: Starting out on the ice and being out there for the anthem make it a little more special for you?
0: you yeah, make- it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, I got to obviously watch a couple of games here in, in preseason and uh, I've never really seen an anthem like that. It's pretty special to be a part of.
4: Did you feel nervous
0: at all the game? Uh, not really. I mean, I kind of just try to take everything one second at a time, one step at a time, and uh, just stay focused on on myself. But uh, obviously, you got a little butterflies in your stomach when the anthems go on, and you're kind of standing on the blue line looking around. So uh, it was good, and obviously, the, the nerves kind of can help sometimes, and sometimes they hinder your performance. But uh, I tried to do my best not to be nervous. What'd you feel about the the line that you got to to play on? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, grew up watching Caner playing. Uh, how successful he's been in his career and Stromer coming into his own way and how good of a player he is. So They, they made it easy to play with those guys. and uh, It was fun. I enjoyed playing with those. Two.
1: What's the best piece of advice you got tonight from somebody in the room? Just be
0: yourself. Don't don't be somebody you're not or, or try and change your game. Just play your game for who you are. And uh, that, that's why they
1: want you here. Doc's final numbers, uh, a little less than 14 minutes of ice time, 17 shifts, uh, one shot attempt. It was a missed shot on goal. and After that opening face-off win. He lost his next four. um, But again, finishes minus one on the score sheet. And um, he wasn't the best player out there. He wasn't the worst player out there by any means. But we referenced before hearing from Kirby Doc about the difficulties the Blackhawks had on special teams. And it was, we're waiting for this to click after Stan made his moves in the offseason to hopefully shore up the penalty kill. And there was that two-month stretch last season when almost everything was clicking on the power play after nothing was clicking on it for the first three months of the season. Then it went dry again for the final months. So the Blackhawks 0-5 for on the power play. We knew they had to stay out of the box against this Washington team, which came into Sunday night 7-20 for on the power play its previous five games. Okay, so by and large they stay out of the penalty box, but Andrew Shaw has a holding call in the offensive zone nine minutes into this one, and it only takes them eight seconds to score on their only power play chance. You combine that with the Hawks going uh, empty on their five power play chances. Two of those part of the four-minute uh, high-sticking call that Kirby Doc drew. And you throw in a shorthanded goal from there. And... This leads us into where this team is right now, and it's still very much, I think, a work in progress. You, you can't rush to conclusions one way or another when you're just, uh, what, uh, six games into the season here and having a very disjointed schedule. But I think what's become clear so far, and Troy and I discussed this as well in the postgame show, the Hawks' best players haven't been their best players so far this season. And this leads into the narrative that we kind of had in the offseason. Should we realistically expect... Taves and Kane and DeBrinket to put up the numbers that they did last year, and if they cannot, is there enough depth? Easily, the best line on this team has been the third line so far, and the fourth line had a pretty good night on Sunday night too. But we're still waiting for those guys on the top six or the top two lines to start clicking, and it just hasn't happened yet, Scott.
3: That's something Colleton touched on: is that the bottom six tonight were were the guys, and you know he didn't go into. The details about how the top six guys, uh, aside from Doc, you really like Doc's game tonight. Uh, aside from uh, from him, that uh, you know, your Taves, your Kenny the it, they're not quite showing up the way you expect them to. And they don't have to have those astronomical numbers they had last year. You hope that they could get there, they could match that, or maybe even do a little better. But they, they still need to play. Their game and and play to where they can play because they're not they haven't been anywhere close really. You see, Kane. What does he have? Uh, eight, eight points in the six games. Um, yeah, obviously pretty good for for a player in the, in the first six games, but. The the razzle dazzle hasn't kind of been there for him. Taves isn't as noticeable as you would expect him to be after the season he had last year. So yeah, they need to pick it up a little because right now the, the way the trend was going, it, it really kind of set in tonight that the bottom six are the ones that are hustling and producing.
1: Yeah, Kane is a point per, uh, point per game plus player with three goals and eight points in the six games so far. But then DeBrinket, both of his goals have come on the power play, and Jonathan Taves uh, had uh, what a shin pad or a body goal in the overtime. Friday night against Columbus and Dylan Strom has just one goal so far in the season as well. Again, you would expect at some point those guys to get their their motors and their numbers going here as we go along, but through 6 games they have yet to do it and um you know, you, you just wonder how long of a waiting game it's going to be and you hope it doesn't end up costing them until they do find that rhythm and you can hear some of the, a little bit of the frustration in Patrick Kane's voice when he was addressing the media he scored that uh, his third goal was the Blackhawks third goal that put them in a temporary tie in the third period and the place was jumping once again but in the end uh, that's where it stopped offensively for the Blackhawks even when they pulled Corey Crawford, had a lot of zone time, but really couldn't get any great looks against Braden Holtby. And uh, you hear here Kane talk afterwards about his frustration, uh, about not being as productive as that top six wants to be, as well as some of his thoughts on Kirby Dock's NHL debut.
0: Frustrating outcome when you guys probably felt like you deserved points.
1: Yeah,
4: um, you know, you can... Okay, in the second there we had a lot of momentum give up a shorthanded goal so gotta be better in that department we also gotta be better in the power play so it comes down to uh little things like that but uh good team and um thought we had a pretty good effort overall tonight what did you make Kirby on your line well, he played well um just some noticeable things where he's hanging onto the puck big body you know he's obviously still a young kid pretty raw but um uh, for his first game against a really good team one of the better teams in the league I thought he was noticeable um, had some good shifts and I think there's some chemistry to be built there so I think we could even be better um, better with him myself and Strom I think we can be better for him
0: Did you say anything to before the game?
4: Not really just uh, try to try to excite him try to uh, not give him too much information obviously the coaches are probably coming at him from all different aspects to uh, give him a lot of info but uh just talk to him about certain things throughout the game and, um, yeah, he's got a bright future.
0: The team doesn't give up a lot of shots. How were you able to get that many shots on goal and how frustrating is the the game square?
4: Yeah, I thought we played pretty well. Um, I thought that uh, camp line was really good again. They had a lot of chances, a lot of sustained pressure. I think a lot of the other lines, uh, well, at least our top two lines can take a lot from that. Um, And, uh, you know, if we work hard, if we um, track down pucks, um, we should be able to create out there. So I think that's something we can do and keep building on. I thought we did it for the most part tonight, but can do it even better. And um, yeah, I think those bottom six forwards were leading the charge again for us tonight. Well, what do you seem like he was really on his game. Yeah, he played well. He's a good goaltender. So, I mean, there's going to be games like that, it would have been nice to cash in on the power play. Obviously, a bad break on the first one. Um, the probably buries that if, uh, if his stick doesn't break. And then, you know, of course, we catch a... A bad bounce, and they score. But um, I think the power play can be better for us. And um, um, you know, if we get back to that level we were at for some parts of last year, um, it can be dangerous.
1: We mentioned some of the numbers uh, with Patrick being more than a point per game, but then with uh, DeBrinket and Taves and, and Strom. Another guy that we failed to bring up is Eric Gustafson, is a guy who really seems to be fighting it, and actually admitted as much to Scott Powers of the Athletic. Uh, a week or so ago when when he was approached he had three assists in his first two games but he admits he just doesn't seem comfortable with the puck and you hope that somehow gets along i know there, there's going to be an adam Boquist related question when we do our slap shot questions here from our uh, from our listeners and our uh, twitter followers and whatnot but gustafson's a guy who who seems to be fighting it on the other end of things As we'll hear from Jeremy Colleton, too, some of the guys that, you know, you didn't necessarily expect. Alex Nylander, I was kind of surprised he was in the lineup on Sunday based on I thought you needed Zach Smith in there as a penalty killer against Washington. And he decides to take Zach Smith out healthy, scratch him and Perlini and put Doc and Alex Nylander in there. Granted, you only had to do one penalty kill and it didn't turn out very well. I don't know if Zach Smith would have been a saver in that sense. But Alex Nylander stayed on that fourth line and even got some bumped up time in the third period because he had that great assist for Drake Kajula and then uh, was also part of of setting up Patrick Kane. And, um, you know, I think he's slowly... Getting some traction, and now it, it's all about consistency with
3: him. He seemed to have gained a lot of favor from Colleton and showing that he can play up and down the lineup too, which which would be a good trait for him to have. And that the offensive flair is still there if he goes down to the fourth line. What, he score on Friday, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, so he's stringing together some consistency now and. On Sunday you know his his defense wasn't as much of a concern maybe because of limited minutes
1: yeah actually that goal was against Edmonton on Monday last Monday which he poked the puck away from from Connor McDavid and it resulted in that particular goal so yeah again we're not saying Alex Nylander is going to be a great player but in terms of guys that you need stepping up at least until these stars start clicking a little bit more. Um, it, it's encouraging to see that. And and speaking of encouragement, you'll you'll hear the way Jeremy Colleton feels about the performances not only of Doc and Nylander, but also about you know still waiting for more from some of his top guys here. Uh, and after we hear from Jeremy here, we'll do your Slapshot questions that you sent us for the podcast, uh, the hashtag Slapshot Questions, once we hear from the head coach, Jeremy Carlton after the 5-3 loss to Washington Sunday night.
2: So uh, pretty good effort, I thought. We uh, love the, the pressure we put on, uh, especially from our forwards. I Think our forecheck was uh, as good as it's been. Had uh, you know, second period was excellent. Great uh, show of character to battle back. Um, we, you know, we gave up a couple goals that uh, you know took some momentum away and made it hard on us. But overall, I'm pretty happy with the effort we had, and and we talked about it in the room, like. There's some things we, we can clean up and, and things to improve on, no question, but the base of that game was pretty good. We can build on that. That's you know the compete level, and the, um, we did a lot of things right, and that's a pretty good team over there, and um, we're definitely not satisfied with the result, and um, you know at home we, we want to get two points, but I think that was one of our better performances uh, of the season, and Sometimes you don't get rewarded, but over time, if you continue to play well, you do.
1: I so. thought Carpenter was a spark tonight.
2: Yeah, that line was excellent. Um, you know, moved Jules to that that line, and I thought uh, the response was outstanding. They gave us a lot of positive shifts. <laughs> uh, scored a big goal for us. Two big goals, really, and uh, very valuable.
0: How did you assess in
2: Really good. Very pleased. He looked comfortable. Made a lot of plays. Play away from the puck, I thought was was quite good. Um, pressured it, caused turnovers. Was was safe with it. Made plays, but did it safely. And uh, so good, good start for him. How, how good was that third line again tonight? Yeah, they were turned the game for us. Uh, I think we we're playing well, but they they just took it to another level. And and uh, you know, not only did they score, but they just they really. that was an explosive shift there, and it wasn't the only good shift they had, but it really gave us momentum and. Uh, They've been good. Well, I think you could say that for a lot of guys. Like, Nylander's been excellent, Kubelik's been excellent, um, Carpenter, you know, up and down. Now, Doc steps in and is really good. That is very good for our team. Competition, and there's nothing wrong with everyone probably deserving a little bit more because that means we have depth and we're going to be hard to play against and over time it's going to add up to some pretty good performances. So uh, sometimes it's easier to be really good if you just play a little bit less than maybe you could handle. Where we've had trouble is when we get overextended. Too long of shifts or um, put ourselves in a bad spot through puck management then we, then we get opened up. So if we can have a team where everyone could handle just a couple shifts more and we're going to be much more effective out there, much better defensively, harder to play against, and we'll be able to turn games uh, our way. Moving Strom on the wing, is that more you don't want to take away his minutes than not wanting him at center? Well, it's a matter of looking at our centers and who's most comfortable low, and uh, I think Doc can do a real good job for us, and maybe it frees up Stromer to have a little more pressure on the puck up ice, uh, make a few more plays. We... Last year, he had a stretch with the off where they kind of shared the center role, and then I think that helped him at times. Um, it's an option, but uh, I think with Doc in there, I like their center group a bit more. We'll see. Um, that's something we'll we'll talk about. But uh, he didn't hurt himself tonight.
1: Slapshot questions your questions to the guys at voted tweets and at scott king media for your questions to be read on the podcast thank you everybody for sending your questions in using the hashtag Slapshot. so uh, let's get to a couple of these that were uh, sent during the course of the games as we tweeted out reminders to folks to uh, send your questions in and uh, we have uh, maybe two we'll put together here we have Manny Donovan is any relation to Ray? I guess we'll, we'll have to find out. Manny Donovan, and we'll couple his question a little bit with Gene Gene Dancing Machine. <laughs> Gene Gene Dancing Machine was, he was asking about getting Boquist up. He says that the defense is slow. I don't know if the defense is necessarily slow except for one one Perry in particular, but we talked about Eric Gustafson having some difficulty. Adam Boquist would seemingly do what Eric Gustafson did last year. Perhaps you'll see Adam Boquist up. We'll see how Eric Gustafson ends up doing. But in relation to that, Manny Donovan was asking, do you think Doc will be here for a long haul? Also, do you think Boquist gets called up at any point, at least for a couple of games? Blackhawks can certainly do that if they want, especially if they run into an injury situation defensively. Slater Cuckoo sitting there as the seventh guy, but if they want a little bit more offensive flair, now that Boquist is in Rockford, they can do that at any time. I'm not sure if that's going to happen anytime soon. But let's circle back to Doc, and we talked a little bit about it at the top of the uh, at the at the top of the podcast here. I don't know if there's there's any rush, but if, if he keeps showing Jeremy and the coaching staff, if he keeps getting the reaction out of Jeremy and the coaching staff as he did on Sunday night after his NHL debut, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he, if he is up here for the long haul, and they just decide to, to keep him. Granted, that burns that first year of his contract, but Um, It's all about winning this season. And if he thinks uh, the kid can be a part and have his game grow and have more of an impact as the season goes along, because we know it's all about making the playoffs this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's up here for the long haul.
3: No, that's what I was going to say. We just heard Calton is very high on him. If he's playing well, the center obviously a very important role. And, you know, I don't know when they're going to try him out at the wing. If he keeps playing well, at center, yeah, he needs to win more face offs, but Calton was raving about his defensive play especially. We saw him create a, a good chance there. Uh, if If they think he can continue to be consistent if he shows a little bit of that and they think he can help in the playoffs i don 't think they 're going mi- to mind burning a year of his contract if he 's helping them win yeah
1: yeah it 's all about you know whether he 's one of the best twelve guys to put out there in terms of the forwards and it was kind of interesting because Doc was taking you know a handful of face offs early on, but then as he may have struggled a bit, Dylan Strom on that line got the opportunity. And Dylan Strom has really struggled on the dot so far this year. He came into Sunday night as 42%, but he ended up winning 5 of 7. Hawks got to be better in, in that particular situation as well. Another question using the hashtag Slapshots. Uh, um, let's go to uh, our pal Katrina here. And she was wondering, what's with all the broken sticks? There were there was a ton of broken sticks out there on Sunday night. But then when you look at the stat sheet, this I was shocked by this, but it jumped out at me. The Capitals had 31 block shots on Sunday night. And I, I would say a handful of those probably had to do with, with block shots. Yeah, some Blackhawks broke their sticks as well. But I th- I thought that may have certainly been a factor. But it, it was bizarre beyond belief how many times guys had to go back to the bench and pick up a new piece of composite. That happened with Kirby Dock, as, uh, as a matter of fact. There's no rhyme or reason. I just think the broken stick gods. We're in the United Center on Sunday.
3: Broken sticks or problem with, problems with the ice? You saw Dubrincik fanned like twice on a power play. I think it was wide open. Uh, just, yeah, kind of a weird, a weird October uh, Halloween night.
1: No reasonable explanation for that, uh, Katrina. I'm sorry, we're, we're not experts on the broken sticks. Um, we'll look into it. Maybe there was just uh, everyone just got a crappy batch of sticks at this particular right. point. It's, it's yes, it's there. It's there. There's. secondary ones after already going through their first ones and uh another uh another uh fan that we're grateful of of ours margo uh she has a question about jonathan tave's production and obviously it's like night and day from what we saw him get off to last year and it's slow going here for jonathan and he has had slow starts as well in previous years and they need him and a couple of those other guys to get going um Jonathan talks publicly about, you know, he's been through this before. He's not going to worry too much about it. But even Troy says no matter how great a player you are, if you're used to piling up points, you know, you do start pressing and waiting when it's going to happen. So hopefully this doesn't last too much longer. Um, He's a great enough player where it shouldn't, but. He's also coming off two down years before he just exploded last year, and uh, you're hoping he can get back to at least some of those similar numbers of what he had last year compared to those those two down years previously.
3: Even during some good years, he's kind of been a slow starter a lot of the time, right? So that's, that's kind of just a part of how he plays. It takes a little bit to, to get going point-wise. You know, I still think he's doing some of the Jonathan Taves things you expect him to do, and you know if he can find a way to... Turn the switch and speed things up. He will. It, you know, I don't know why he hasn't been that noticeable. I don't know if it's some something's inhibiting his mobility or, or what. But if he can, uh, if he can find a way, he certainly will. And, and I expect his production to pick up. And
1: let's be honest. These guys' production the numbers will take off once the power play takes off so they got, they have to get that power play because that's when it was you know almost like you know a slot machine last year when that power play was clicking for 2 months that's when these guys were really uh really uh, pouring on the points so uh you know it, it's chicken or the egg which comes first you know and i would think once they can finally get that power play going knock on wood that'll happen um so, thank you for all your questions there and uh we'll take some more on on each of our podcasts here. But Scott, you know, we buried the lead here tonight. Um because that. it was John and Troy Bobblehead night and uh I got mine autographed by Troy. I guess I'll have to bring it back because uh I didn't get John to did I you didn't did ha- no? I didn't no, I actually <laughs> didn't get my Bobblehead until the second intermission. And uh you know, John. John takes advantage of that second intermission meal, so I didn't want to interrupt that either. Right. So uh, we will get. It. But uh, what did you think? And I was really taken by how the fans were able were coming up to yeah. the booth and wanting them the boxes signed or the actual bobblehead signed. It was a it was a great show of uh, affection and support for our guys in the booth, and uh, they were all happy to do it. And Troy was able to sign autographs while. Uh, breaking down the game during pregame which you know he wears many hats uh, he can he can chew gum and walk at the same time which is more that I could do he can sign bobbleheads and talk at the same time so uh, it was really great and, and what did you think of the caricatures on that
3: you know, I, I didn't take it out of the box, but I saw, him, I saw him before. I don't want anything to happen to him. I saw it before, and, and it's pretty pretty close. Bobbleheads can be kind of far off of uh, the person they're supposed to look like, but it, it seemed pretty good from the pictures of the video I saw. I, I might have seen him uh, in person, too. But, no, it's great. I mean, it's good for them. Those guys are the best. You know firsthand how good they are. And, yeah, I, I saw fans coming up, like, long before warm-ups. And it's like a couple fans I saw, I'd be like, oh, cool. You know, they, they they appreciate John and Troy and it was good on the Hawks for doing a bobblehead. Yeah. And then every every minute there was more fans. And then I looked uh, maybe like halfway through warm-ups, which is a, a big line of people. So, I mean, and also just good on those guys. It's the kind of guys they are that they would, even in the middle of a broadcast, would uh, take time and sign the bobblehead box for fans.
1: Yeah. And I was like, Troy, Troy, come on. I need some thoughts here. I need some thoughts. But he was able to come through with his uh, usual great analysis while he was uh, busy. Taking boxes and bobbleheads and signing them and handing them back to the fans. So I, I, mean,
3: I can do it, right? they're like right before a game, you think, or
1: I don't know. The deadline may have passed now.
3: Can I give it to you. And, 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 and I
1: joke with that, I joke with him about is he looking forward to getting back to normal, non bobblehead life, non non bobblehead mania life. And and he said in the post game show, well, maybe there'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll take it uh, to bed with me tonight, and we'll have a picture like Ovi <laughs> did with the Stanley Cup. Is it? I don't know if you want to go that far, Troy. Like, like the Stanley Cup, you're
3: immortalized forever. Your name's not written on something forever, but that bobblehead lasts forever, wherever people put it.
1: Yes, it'll, it'll be forever there. So uh, congratulations to John and Troy for their uh, for their bobbleheads and their continue excellent work on uh, 720 WGN. And we want to thank you for your excellent work in sending us questions, listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, presented by FanList. And uh, we're going to come back at you again in one week. The Blackhawks will have four games between the time we're taping this podcast after the 5-3 loss to Washington. There's Vegas Tuesday. Is Tuesday going to be the night the Blackhawks finally... Defeat the Vegas Golden Knights, 05 and one all time. Now Vegas will be playing the second of a back to back on the road. They got Philadelphia on Monday night, and then they come to the United Center on Tuesday. Will Tuesday be the night?
3: I think it can. I didn't know about the back to back, so I, I think it can. You'll get a, a more loose Kirby Doc, who knows what the big league is like. And look, they played they played pretty well against one of the top teams in the league here on Sunday night. So it, maybe maybe a better chance than the past. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, they've really had a. Co- a difficulty keeping up with Vegas' two hundred foot game in all six meetings so far this season. So yeah, and, and Mark andre Fleury, who had uh, a shot out over Pittsburgh, cooled his old team, the Penguins, off on Saturday night and uh, in their five-game winning streak. So, uh, but it is a back-to-back, so whether the flower will be in net here at the United Center on Tuesday. So I digressed. So we have Vegas Tuesday, the rematch with the Flyers on Thursday night, and then they finally hit the road again for a Saturday matinee in Carolina before coming back. Uh, next Sunday against the L.A. Kings. So that's when we'll tape our next Blackhawks Crazy podcast, and we'll have it ready for you um, on Monday morning. So, again, we encourage you to subscribe on the Apple Podcast, and uh, it'll be waiting for you right there. Thanks as well to Curtis Koch for all his hard work production-wise and for working the locker room for us as well on Sunday night. And, once again, thanks again to you for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy podcast presented by Fanless. We'll talk to you next Monday. When the Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks crazy podcast. Tell a friend subscribe and join the conversation and follow the guys on Twitter at Bowden tweets and at Scott King media. That was great.